Too. They came through, taking their debut yep. in the recession, showing us how to make do. 
In the middle was heavy, but light on the edge. With Chauncey Gibson, the righteous get fed. Trey Love crying from his heart to the core. On the move with the mind of an entrepreneur. A better tomorrow, we play for fight. Maximize potential, reshape your life. Time ain't never wasteful. They got claws, they got it. Meditation, rise above it all at least. Navigating through this Middle East. It's like trying to rollerblade up a hill of grease. The radio media is a marriage tutor. With Grandma dripping Don Adams Jr. Junior. Junior. Y'all know what it is, man. E-O. In the building, building. Hey, what's up, what's up, family? Welcome to another edition of the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. And guess what? I'm going to say it loud and clear. I am he, your host, your favorite brother that you love to spend your time with on Friday evenings. Stick with us, family. We're going to take a fast song, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to start to chop it up. Got some interesting stories I want to share with you, family. And for you entrepreneurs out there that want to call in and shout out your business, I ain't forgot about you. Today is your day. All right? Get to call in, and we're going to show you some love with your businesses. Speaking of love, here we go. Thank you. 
sunrise in your eyes. We're so in love when we hug, we become paralyzed. Our bodies explode in ecstasy unreal. You're a soft as a pillow and I'm as hard as steel. It's like a dreamland, I can't lie, I've never been there. Maybe this is an experience that me and you can share. Clean and unsoiled, yet sweaty and wet. I swear to you, this is something I'll never forget. Hey, welcome back, family, to another edition of the John Adams Jr. Talk Show. Top of the hour. Got an exciting show lined up for you. And, uh, by the way, uh, the blog or the chat room is open, family. The chat room is open. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to extend my welcome to you, as always, and thank you for your time, because you know what, especially on a Friday night, I know there's a million other places y'all could be, but, you know, I'm always honored when you decided to spend your time with me. Um, that's a beautiful thing, you know, and I'm really honored, and I, and I just can't tell you thank you enough for that. With that being said, I want to give my normal acknowledgments out to my EOTM family, 
and uh, also two uh, new additions, Jimmy E.O.T. and Baker out on the West Coast. Man, this brother is on fire. Uh, check him out on Facebook, family, Jimmy E.O.T. M. Baker. Um, he's a he's a show enough product. And also want to uh, send a shout-out to uh, one of my newest hosts, uh, Ron, and uh, his sidekick, um, I can't even remember the least. But, Ron, you know what I mean, brother. And we're expecting him to call into the show later. Uh, with that being said, family, also I want to give out my normal acknowledgments to Carla B., Ronnie, GP, uh, First Lady of GPT, Queen G., Sweet T., and uh, the rest of our EOT and family that's operating under the scenes. Uh, by the way, family, we had a wonderful event that kicked off uh, yesterday. Uh, EOT and sponsored uh, a movie premiere uh, married men and single women. Uh, we sponsored an Atlanta premiere here at a new spot called the Phoenix Soul. It's a club out on uh, uh, the Panola, Panola Road in Decatur. A uh, very exciting look, uh, place, uh, very nicely put together. And from what I understand, the movie is going to be a hit, nice, nicely put together. Um, with that being said, let's keep it moving, family. Uh, we want to talk about, um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, for those of you who want to contact me personally, uh, my email is Don Adams Jr. Talk Show at EOTMRadio. Um, you can send your email and comments there, Blackberry letters, if uh, if you decide that you want to do so, and we do get them occasionally. Um, Shouts out today for your business, uh, for all you true entrepreneurs and successful-minded people out there today. Today is the day, Friday. I know y'all couldn't wait to get in here and call in. Uh, so that you could uh, shout out your businesses and uh, get your information out there. Because, you know, EOTM is about moving forward. Uh, we lend a hand wherever we can. Um, Shouts out to my family in the New Zealand area and in the U.K. area. That's right, family. I said New Zealand. I mean the country, not a state, not a province, not a, a section of Atlanta. I'm talking about the country of New Zealand. Uh, we do have listeners out there uh, and also in the U.K., uh, we have folks that have tuned in or tuned into the show on the regular in the U.K. Shouts out to you all. Uh, family, let's keep it moving with the highlights of the show today. We're talking about some shocking news event, news-making events. Uh, not only news-making events, family, but also some shocking facts about some of those professionally-minded people. I said it correctly, those professionally-minded people uh, that are working in positions of public trust. I didn't say <laughs> uh, positions. Uh, of public uh, relations, public trust. Interesting, family, very interesting. And I promise you, i got some bombshells I want to drop on them. Uh, some that come to mind is some of those folks that have shown up on the Office show. And some of y'all may have heard some of the rumors, but I'm not going to give it away just yet because I want you to stay tuned until we get to that segment of the show. <laughs> but, family, trust me, you're going to be shocked. Uh, later on in the show, again, uh, I'm expecting a, my good brother uh, Ron to call in, our newest, co- uh, newest host, uh, signed on recently with EOTM, has a Sunday segment, um, Sunday shows. He wants to call in and he wants to shout out his show tonight. And so we're going to let him do that too, family. Um, with that being said, I'm going to put the call-out number out there for you as well. The call-out number, call, studio call-in number is 718-664-6543. I'm going to say it again, 718-664-6543. That's for all you folks that want to call in and and, uh, register your comments with some of the stuff we're going to be putting out there. Uh, So with that being said, family, stick with us. We're going to pay some bills, and we'll come right back, and then we're going to get right with it and chop it up. Oh, and by the way, once again, the blog room is open. 
So uh, I'm sorry, the chat room is open. Uh, so uh, sign in, family, and let's, uh, let's get this thing cracking. Welcome to your Black Money Minutes, presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. You know, when two people decide to get married, it's a pretty exciting time, but it also brings up a lot of hard questions. One of these questions is, how exactly are you and your spouse-to-be going to merge your money? The first step in doing this is to start discussing your financial goals. A good exercise to get this going it's for each partner to make a list of his or her short-term goals, like paying off a credit card, getting a new car, or even going on a vacation. Then begin to list your long-term goals, like retirement or having a baby. From there, you should be able to determine which of these goals are a priority to both of you. Then, once you've identified these goals, you can focus your energy on achieving them. This is Gil Michelle. That was your Black Money Minute, presented to you by BlackMoneyMatters.com. To get more information and receive our free newsletter, visit blackmoneymatters.com. Like 
Welcome back to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Yeah, top of the hour. We know I uh, I announced that uh, I have some startling things I want to bring up to you, Fendi. I, you know, I, I had this wow uh, trigger come about me, and um, I wanted to find some of the most outlandish, uh, shocking uh, stories about real-life events and, and, and things that are going on around this country, and in some cases around the world. Uh, some of this stuff is going to be funny. Some of this stuff is going to be just out of the wall, just just plain old crazy. Um, but it's one thing that they all have in common is that it's interesting, um, very interesting. Uh, so uh, with that being said, uh, <laughs> let me get started. That's, best, that's about the best way I can do it. I can do this. All right. The first story is a white man. <laughs> A white man in Ohio disguised himself as a black man, and he managed to rip off four banks and a CVS store in the state of Ohio <laughs> before he was caught. Um, 
this guy's name is Conrad uh, Zorick. Uh, and they're saying that his, he was probably inspired by the movie Soul Man in 1986, uh, or even by the Robert, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in uh, Tropic Thunder in uh, 2008. But uh, the interesting thing about this story, uh, family, is that I, when I read it, I couldn't believe it, but then I pulled up the picture. Um, this guy painted his face black. Put on shades. I mean, and, and, and let me tell you something. If I was not sitting here looking at his photograph right next to his picture, I, I swear I, I would have thought this cat was a brother. He disguised himself as a black man and went and robbed four banks in a CVS uh, uh, store in the state of Ohio. Now, this guy has got some gonads. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Oh, man, that one right there really got me. Um, also, family, I want to go over some of the most shocking uh, uh, homelessness, homeless stories uh, that uh, have come about around the country. Um, and some of these, uh, you know, some of these are going to be uh, interesting, but, I, you know, there, there's one or two in here that I, I absolutely do not think are amusing. But nonetheless, it's interesting enough, uh, you know, I think, to, to put it out there because these are the things, once again, family, that are going on in, our, in and around our country uh, that we don't know about, that we turn a blind eye to. Um, the next five stories that I'm going to put out are stories pertaining to the five most shocking homelessness stories of 2009. Okay? The end of the year is, is nigh, uh, but there's still some time for one more reflection. And here it is, born in a tent city. It would be nice to think that we all told the same line at the start of life, that we all start at the same place with the same conditions and have the same opportunities and challenges. Uh, but as one shocking story out of Vancouver illustrated, uh, this just isn't the case. Earlier this month, a baby was born in a uh, – this is – I say this month, but this was back in uh, December when, I, when this story first came out, family – but earlier that, the, during the month of December 2009, a baby was born on a freezing night in a tent city off of Highway 50 uh, in Canada. And the little girl was one of thousands of children who were born uh, that year without a crib, uh, a stock nursery, or a home to return to. Um, that's very interesting, family, um, because for those of you who listen in, last week I had on the show uh, some of the uh, Miss Black Georgia contestants, uh, whom, by the way, uh, will be will, will will have the winner of the contest on later in the week next week. Uh, but uh, one of the things that uh, one of the ladies' rant uh, platform was about was uh, you know about the uh, the hunger deal uh, in this country. You know, to be one of the wealthiest countries in the world, you know, we should never, we should really shouldn't have anybody, especially children out there who are born uh, in under those conditions, um, and or uh, also, you know, living a life of hunger. That's a shame. But that's why I decided to look into some of these uh, additional stories. But let's let's keep it moving, family. Um, and don't forget too, today is Call In Friday for all you business businessmen out there and entrepreneurs. You want to call in and give your business a shout out. The number to call into is 718-664-6543. I'm going to say it again, 718-664-6543. Uh, if you own a cake business, call in. If you own a, a, a 
plastic making business, call in. If you got a barbershop, call in. Put your business out there. Uh, we want to let folks know who you are, and we want you to always be able to say, hey, uh, you know, I was a customer, or I'm sorry, I was a listener on EOTM, the Don EOTM Adams show, and guess what? I got your information, and here I am. <clears throat> Regardless of where you are, family, and we're proud enough to say, hey, we got listeners out in New Zealand, and mad shouts out to them again. Uh, let's keep it moving, family. Frozen in the Detroit building. Now, this story is a very sad story. In January, I came across a picture that stopped me in my tracks. This is what the author of this, uh, this photograph is saying. It showed a feet, a sheet of ice with two legs sticking out, almost like popsicle sticks. It was the picture of a homeless man who froze to death in an abandoned Detroit building. The building flooded and encased his corpse in ice. He was discovered by urban explorers, but they didn't bother to call officials. Rather, they continued their hockey game in the, in the flooded basement of that building. To me, this story was a gut-wrenching analogy for the tragic indifference that is so pervasive when it comes to homelessness. It's too easy to turn the other way uh, and pretend these devastating issues aren't happening in our uh, own communities. Now, you know, when I read this story, family, right here, here's the thing that got me. Was, it, you know, it's, it's bad enough that the guy, you know, lost his life. And there's a picture. For, your, for those of you who want to see the pictures, um, type into your, uh, type into your uh, search engine uh, the five most shocking homelessness stories of 2009, and you'll be able to see a picture of this guy's legs sticking out of the water, frozen in the basement. Um, you know, got mixed feelings about that one, family. The thing about it is that these guys were, were, were playing hockey in the basement and decided to finish their game before they reported this guy dead or they, they reported that they found this guy's body. Um, number three family, 98 years old and living in a car. Back in October, the world met Miss Bessie Mayberger. Uh, she's a 97-year-old woman who lived in the streets of Los Angeles in a 1973 uh, Chevy Suburban. Homeless, uh, empty. She lived in an empty parking, and she lived in empty parking lots. Um, used public washrooms and panhandled for money to buy food um, uh, as a daily routine. It was a reality for Miss Bessie and her two sixty-something-year-old sons. Her story exposed the grim realities uh, faced by our nation's aging homeless population. Uh, luckily, uh, Bessie's story was a have a happy ending to it. Uh, the media attention prompted service providers to quickly move her family into housing, but for thousands of other elderly homeless uh, individuals uh, whose stories never make it, make the paper, uh, this isn't the case. You know, and, and that's another interesting uh, story too, family, because I know that uh, I watched a special about homelessness in Los, in the Los Angeles area before, and, I, and from what I understand, the Los, there is a system of tunnels um, that uh, exists underneath the Los Angeles uh, area. And there are literally hundreds of people living in these tunnels, and they're homeless. I mean, and they showed one couple, they, were one, they showed one couple who actually had a mattress, uh, and I mean, had a section of the tunnel set up uh, like an apartment. I mean, I mean, it was, I mean, it was amazing, you know. And to me, it's amazing to me how resourceful uh, people can become in any given situation. That being said, family, uh, you know, it's, again, it's a reality in the society, you know, that we live in. Um, number two, homeless youth and survival sex. It's sad but ugly truth. It's a sad but ugly truth. The recession has caused an uh, uptick in the number of homeless runaway youth. The, Lent, 
and the lengths these youth, these young people are going to in order to survive are troubling. Roughly one in four homeless youth engage in survival sex, according to the NAEA, NAEH. Uh, I guess that's an organization that follows that, that, that type of data. But even more disconcerting is that uh, homeless, the homeless youth are disproportionately uh, represented uh, in this population. That's a travesty as well, family. Uh, you know, and these are the things that are going on in our, in our society. I, I can remember when I was working in, uh, you know, in the law enforcement capacity, and I, uh, you know, would come across children that didn't have a place to stay, and they were out on the streets for whatever reason they were out there for. But, uh, you know, sex for survival—it's a common thing. Here's the, here's the number one thing: Catholic Church holds a homeless hostage. <laughs> Call it whatever you want: religious beliefs, intolerance principles, narrow-minded policies. But the Catholic Church's condemnation of gay marriage and hardball political tactics have brought the homeless <laughs> into the center of a nasty uh, ideological battle in Washington, D.C. The church was threatening to cut off services, uh, one-third of the city's safety net services. Shortly after this threat, Mike Jones over at uh, Change, uh, Change.org's Gay Rights Law reported that three churches in Michigan uh, severed their ties uh, with an uh, uneconomical, uneconomical ugh, homeless ministry due to uh, disagreements about homosexuality. <laughs> but much more blessed are the poor. Wow. Interesting story, family. Interesting. I'm going to put the call-out number out there again because, you know, as you know, family, today is Friday. Today is the day that you entrepreneurs can call in. And uh, give us your information. Share your information with the rest of the family that's out there because, you know what, we want to know about you. You know, that's part of what EOTM does is we want to put you out there and let, you know, let folks know that you exist and that you're here. Stick with us, family. We've got some more shocking stories uh, to share with you. Some of these things are going to knock your pants off. Trust me. We're just getting started with it. Uh, the call-in number, again, is 718-664-6543. And you're listening to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. So stick with us, family. We'll be right back. The camp is here! The camp is here! Hey, y'all. It's here. It's finally here. The buzz is here. What is the buzz? EOTM Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com is a monthly magazine on the web. Continuing with EOTM's mission to encourage, empower, and enlighten. Buzzwire Magazine at EOTMBuzzwire.com will help bring entrepreneurs together and connecting minds will increase networks to increase networks. Read EOTM Buzzwire Magazine each month at EOTMBuzzwire.com and stay enlightened and empowered. Tripping, just a homie from the stage. That's just a homie. 
don't he know It's one o'clock in the morning Say, baby, it's cool For you to say He's coming into town He was just wondering If you and him could hang out I don't like it But I know I gotta trust you It ain't cool Cause I know it's true Take another man, please 
to my woman. Oh, no, no. We can't even stay away by the phone. Forget for the family out there who are business owners and you want to call in and, and, and give your business some shouts out. You're more than welcome to do so. That number again is seven one eight six six four six five four three. And um, we're looking forward to hearing from you because I know I've made some contact with several people in the community and um, was able to put some information in their hands. And I'm definitely expecting you to call in. Also, family, later on in the show, uh, we may get a call in from our newest host, uh, Ron. Uh, his show airs on Sunday nights, Sunday evenings. I'm sorry, Sundays. Uh, I'm not quite sure the time. I think it's midday, around two. Uh, but with that being said, let's keep it moving, family. We're talking about uh, some shocking stories um, that have gone on in and around our community. Now, you know, here's another good one. Now, I know a lot of us do a lot of traveling, and you know, we go from city to city. We all have differences of opinions on cities and how these cities are run and how they're operated. But here's the deal. There is actually a list of uh, the ten most obscene cities in this country. <laughs> the ten most obscene countries. Um, when I heard about this one, I was like, "What?" I didn't, you know, some of these things are statistics, and and, and that you, you you wouldn't even think that somebody would would, would take the time out to to kind of you know keep up with, I guess, so to speak. With um, that being said, let's keep it moving. And also, family, keep in mind, I've got some shocking stuff I want to put out there about some of our um, our television doctors and, and and lawyers that are on TV, you know, giving us all this famous and infamous advice uh, about uh, how to run our lives and how to deal with certain types of issues. Y'all are going to be shocked, I promise you. Uh, let me get on with this 10 most I've seen cities list in America. Number one, well, I should say number one. I don't think this is number one. Let's go with this. All right. Number 10 is uh, <laughs> the D.C. suburb of Herndon. Um, and I guess it's located in Virginia, the southern the south southern part of Virginia, next to Dallas Airport. They say that this is the 10th most obscene place in America to go to, I guess because of the, the language that's used. I don't know. But I can't imagine somewhere in Virginia uh, the most uh, – Pardon my French, ass backward state to me in the union, uh, being listed as I've seen. No disrespect to my family in Virginia, but uh, y'all have some serious laws out there. Uh, number ten, Irving, California, um, is listed. I'm sorry, number nine is Irving, California, um, is listed as uh, a place known for its uh, use of profanity, and that's why they put it at number nine on the list. Uh, number eight, it's always obscene in Philadelphia, Philly. Uh, only placed on the, on the top ten for four of the seven bad words used most commonly in that city. Wow. Forget about the Philly cheesesteaks, man. Hmm. Uh, wow, this one here is a shocker. Uh, number seven, uh, St. Louis. Uh, wow, St. Louis, you know. I mean, that city with those arches uh, that you see by the river over there. Uh, wow, they said it's out on the list because of um, bad words that are used in the city. Wow. Rest in Virginia. Here we are. Virginia, once again, twice on the list. Uh, same scenario. Bad words. 
uh, Los Angeles. And, well, we kind of knew that. And the reason why Los Angeles, Los Angeles is on there uh, at number five is what they're saying in this is that the center of the film industry uh, is Los Angeles, and the adult film industry is, is what makes them number five uh, on the list. Uh, because of the all uh, the porn pornographic movies that they're making in the uh, in the in the area, wow. Uh, number four is um, Orlando, Orlando, Florida. Isn't that like where Disney is located? And they're saying that that's like the fourth most obscene city in America. I mean, that's like to me. I mean, that's like you know, vacation central for families. Man, and they said it's one of the most obscene places. And they're not even saying why. Um, bad words. Yeah, that's what they're saying, bad words. They said it's got great theme parks, but bad words. Uh, number three, Tampa, Florida. Uh, Tampa is known for its football strip clubs and bad language. <laughs> so people in Tampa don't get offended, but they said if you use bad language, and you got strip clubs on, them, <laughs> on every block. Uh, you know, I don't want to say why Atlanta didn't make this list. If they're talking about strip clubs and bad and 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 and, and bad uh, and bad language, wow, amazing. Uh, number two, Boston, Massachusetts. That was a surprise to me. Um, Boston, Massachusetts, and and they're, and they're listed because of the language that the people use. They're known for cursing. Um, and uh, you know, number one was uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, wow. And they're saying that Louisville, Kentucky was last year's winner as well, because apparently they run this list every year about the ten most obscene cities in America. Uh, and I told you, family, you know, today is a, today's show is about just crazy statistics that are kept out there, and it's like, why? You know, why? I mean, who actually goes around and keeps track of who's doing, who's using profanity, uh, and how often it's used in some of these cities? That's what I want to know. Interesting, family. Interesting. You know, here's some more shocking stories that uh, uh, that I came across, and I uh, just want to, you know, go over and put that out there for you, family. But, uh, you know, and, and again, the purpose of tonight's show is is more or less to let you know uh, that these things are going on. I mean, it, it, there's so much. It's, it's like the guy, the homeless guy up in, uh, up in the, the Detroit area that was found, you know, submerged in uh, a, a frozen uh, body of water in the basement of a building. You know, these things happen, uh, you know, and, it, and it's out there. Let me put this one out there for you. <laughs> this is funny, all right, on a lighter note. Fake hookers kill a wrestling, Mexican wrestling midgets. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm saying it again. A fake, fake hookers kill Mexican wrestling midgets. Two of the most famous stars of uh, Mexican midget wrestling were found dead in a hotel room after being drugged and robbed by two, by two women thought to be posing as prostitutes. Brothers Alberto and Alejandro Perez were thought to be victims of an, unorgan, uh, of a, of an organized street gang who posed as prostitutes to attract victims uh, before spiking drinks to knock them out uh, whilst robbing them. Um, that was interesting. Absolutely, family, uh, and this happened uh, in Mexico. Uh, and, and you know, pardon my expression when I read the story, but I thought the title of it was very funny. But not the fact that these men lost their lives. And I also want to put out there too, just so uh, I also want to put out there that uh, you know the thoughts and views of uh, of one host do not necessarily reflect 
the uh, opinions of all hosts attached to uh, EOTM, okay? And also, family, I want to also mention, too, uh, and again, Ron, Ron Anthony, uh, who is the... Uh, who's the extradition to the EOT and family, and wait on him to come on later. His show times are on Sundays at 2 and at 4. Uh, and also, there's going to be an exclusive interview at 7 p.m. Sunday night. Uh, Carla B., a.k.a. The Night Rider, is going to be uh, conducting an interview with Robert Green uh, this coming Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh, family, it's going to be exciting. Robert Green, for those of you who do not know, um, I believe is is, uh, is an author, and he has some interesting books out there. I'm not going to touch on the subjects or, or the titles of his books, but uh, I'm going to tell you this, family. You'll be in for a real treat if you tune in uh, to that show Saturday, uh, Sunday night at 7 p.m. with Carla B., as she's going to be doing an interview with Robert Green. And also uh, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. on Sundays, um, you can catch Ron Anthony, uh, with his thing going on, with his shows. And I'm hoping that brother will call in for us later, family, because he is really uh, a stand-up guy. And uh, you know what, family? I know you're going to love him because uh, he's truly got his, his, his thing together. Trust me, family, funny guy. All right, let's get on with some more crazy stories. Um, i got a whole laundry list of them here. I mean, it's just they're just begging to be read. But let's go with the most bizarre. Um, and family, again, you know, I'm putting these out there because, you know, it, it's just funny to me because we live in a society where we, we tend to, to ignore what's called the hidden population. And this is and this is what I consider to be the hidden population. Those folks out there that have mental health issues that we never talk about. Those folks out there that are homeless that we never really talk about. Those folks that have social issues that are real issues that we never really talk about. And when we don't address those things, this is often oftentimes how these uh, – Issues manifest themselves. That's the connection there, family, uh, with what's going on with the shows tonight. Uh, all right. Most shocking stories. American woman pregnant with her grandfather's baby. Okay. I said it. That's right. An American woman is pregnant with her grandfather's baby. And you know what? When you look this story up, there's a glass on the mantel with some false teeth sitting in it, and I guess uh, Grandpa said I did it. I, you know, hey, I, I can't tell you, but let's let's just get it out there. A young woman, a young American woman, was recently uh, sparked has recently sparked outrage by admitting uh, she is conducting a sexual relationship with her grandfather. Holy shit! The pair met in Julia Turner. Wow, man! The the pair met when Julia Turner, 23, discovered she had been adopted as a youngster, and began searching for her biological family. She found that her only living relative was her 73-year-old grandfather. The guy's name is Charlie Peterson, and immediately contacted him. The couple exchanged letters, photographs, and phone calls before arranging to meet at Peterson's home in California to catch up and discuss family history. However, over the course of their time together, both parties began to develop a strong sexual attraction. Oh, this is to one another. Uh, upon first meeting, Turner describes feeling a surge of sexual excitement when hugging her, her grandfather, and an urge to kiss him. The feelings of attraction continued, uh, leading a confused Turner to research her situation on the Internet. Um, here she uncovered information on GSA, a genetic uh, sexual attraction, uh, where close relatives feel sexually attracted to one another when meeting for the first time as adults. Um, 
Now, online, China found many examples of people engaging in sexual relationships with long-lost long relatives and decided to make her grandfather aware of her feelings. Uh, through, confessing, through confessing to worries about the age gap and being related, Peterson admitted to his own feelings of attraction, and the couple had sex that evening. Now, I don't give a damn what nobody says. I'm sorry. I just can't see lip-locking with grandma. I mean, family, I know you're listening, and that's just ridiculous. I told you I had some crazy, outrageous stories that I was going to share with you tonight. The call-in number is 718-664-6543. I'm going to say it again, 718-664-6543. And uh, don't forget, family, today is call-in and shout your business out. Um, I want to give you entrepreneurs in the community an opportunity to put your information out there, uh, you know, so we can uh, EOTM. So EOTM can help promote. Sorry about that, family. I dropped my headset. So EOTM can help promote uh, what you got going on um, in the community. All right, let's go with another most shocking story, family. A man saved, <laughs> and there's a picture of this man's belly. Uh, the man's life was saved by his beer belly. That's right, having a beer belly actually saved a man's life. So for those of you who criticize me for my beer belly and uh, for all those other beer belly guys out there, listen to this. Uh, landlord uh, Snaz Marty, 43, cheated death thanks to his large midriff when a drunken customer stabbed him with a three-inch knife. Snaz, who is landlord of the Britannia Inn in Gillingham, uh, Kent, said the doctor, the doctor said, I, have, uh, I could have died, but my organs were protected by a bit of extra fat. I'm not massive by any stretch of the imagination. I only weigh 13 stones. <laughs> but I do have a beer belly, and they're saying that that's what saved me. <laughs> He's grateful. <laughs> the attack happened after he threw out a customer whose name was Paul Wibley. Uh, He's 24, who had pulled a knife on another customer during uh, a row. I guess a row means an argument. A few, mo a few minutes later, Wibley returned to the, uh, to the, uh, to the spot uh, with the knife, and he stabbed Snaz uh, in the stomach. Uh, Snaz said about the attack, I just got between him and kicked him out of the pub. I told him I was, going to have, uh, knives, I was not going to have knives in my pub and to just get out. Good for him. At least we found some use for that big old-ass beer belly. Now, family, it, it, that's a big belly, too, for those of you who are Googling up and want to see it. It's called shock, uh, you can find that story in the, the Shocking Times. Just Google that in the Shocking Times, and you'll see the man who saved his life with the beer belly. Um, here's a good one right here for some of you money lovers out there. This is a strange one. Now, this one made me cry when I heard this one. Uh, a man trapped in an, an alpine ski lift burns some money to get rescued. I'm going to say this one again for all you money lovers. <laughs> a man was trapped in an alpine ski lift. <laughs> he burns some money to get rescued. <laughs> a German snowboarder, Dominique Plo, I can't say his last name, but he's 22, of Munich, uh, became stranded on a ski lift in the Australian Alps for six hours. He was only rescued after attracting attention by burning money and other things from his wallet. Doug, after he took the ski lift to go to go down, uh, to uh, 
ski lift to go down the slope, and it was shut down for the day. How the hell can you can you forget somebody on a ski lift and shut it down for the rest of the day? As darkness fell and temperatures dropped to 100, no, I'm sorry, 18 degrees Celsius, um, he decided to burn paper handkerchiefs and the contents of his wallet with a cigarette lighter and hoped someone would notice. Uh, he was only he was he was only seen by maintenance staff when he when he was down to having burned his money after he had burnt everything else. Uh, this guy did not have his mobile phone on him uh, when he got trapped, and he was 10 meters above the ground. He decided against jumping from the lift as the drop probably would have caused an injury and an increase in his chances of freezing it death. Um, because he had military training in the past, he was able to use his survival skills uh, to fight off hypothermia. However, before he was uh, rescued, his limbs began to go numb, and he kept falling asleep. Had he gone to sleep, family, I can assure you he would have frozen to death because uh, it's one of the things that will lead to, to freezing death in the middle of the wintertime if you ever trapped out there if you go to sleep. But anyway, after he was spotted by the cleaning crew, he was taken to a hospital and treated for hypothermia but was released later and able to go home. Uh, he stated he intends to sue the company <laughs> that operates the ski lift. However, a spokesman for the company states that it was not meant for uh, downward trips and uh, that this guy had apparently ignored signs uh, against boarding uh, the lift. That's an interesting case uh, because at the end of the day, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, now, here's another one that I think is, is, is pretty decent. Um, you all know that, uh, you know, in today's day and age, we have a little pill out there that's called Viagra. Now, some of us fellows are, are fortunate enough not to have to rely on that. That's that chemical induced, chemically induced uh, performance drug is what I'm going to call it. But uh, to make a long story short, um, several famous folks have stepped out of the woodwork and said, hey, I'm using it. <laughs> several famous people. <laughs> Since it's been uh, on the mass market, Viagra has helped millions of men. Some of those include famous people. Now most won't probably ever admit that they suffer from erectile dysfunction. A few, however, have. Below is a list of those who have come out singing in praises. Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. Now, this first guy, we know, hey, this is not a surprise. Hugh Hefner. Um, this one is not surprising, really, for a guy in his 80s who is sexually active, needing a little helping hand health, as he is known, um, as is the founder and editor-in-chief of Playboy magazine and is always surrounded by his girlfriends and is known to have bowls of Viagra uh, at his famous parties. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Here's another one that surprised me. This guy, I cannot. Now you know what? And again, and I, my shows are rated M for mature, but we try to keep them clean, which is you know, you know how it works on the Don Adams Junior Talk Show. But, but I'm going to go out on a limb on this one, and I'm not going to say anything vulgar. If you got kids in the room, you don't have to put them out. But for you grown folks, um, you'll be able to follow me through on this one. This guy, can you imagine this guy right here getting him a piece? Bob Dole, that's right, Senator Bob Dole. Can you imagine this guy with half of one arm gone? As I you know, he's got some kind of an arm injury that he sustained when he was in the, in the military, and I'm a veteran, so I can say that. Um, but can you imagine this guy getting him some, Bob Dole? I absolutely can't. Now, just imagine that. But they say, according to this article, the Republican candidate in the 1996 U.S. presidential election is noted for advocating the use of Viagra. He also helped test the anti-impotence pill. He helped to test. 
some pills. So Bob, that means Bob knew he was having some problems on the downstroke uh, before he got to go running for office. Uh, what was he going to do in office anyway? I mean, hell, if you can't even, you know, get that relief factor, how the hell are you going to run the country? That's aggravation. Um, he also helped test the anti-impotence pill. We, met, we went that, to that part. He appeared in an advertisement sponsored by the makers of the drug and urged people to get help for the problem. <laughs> the problem? He didn't say what the problem was. He said the problem. <laughs> All right, Pell, the Brazilian soccer legend, is regarded as another user of the and advocator of uh, Viagra. Pell headed a, he headed a worldwide ad campaign launched by the Pilfer uh, Pharmaceutical Company. He has also said there are loads of men with erectile problems who don't see a doctor out of embarrassment. I hope this campaign helps a lot of them. Sir Sterling Moss, the former British racing driver, became a spokesman for an education campaign for Viagra, encouraging men to visit their doctor to uh, discuss erectile dysfunction, uh, stating men worry about that worry that admitting they have the problem will reflect on their masculinity, but it has nothing to do with masculinity. Here's another name that I'm sure most of you know, and I was shocked to see this man on here, Michael Douglas. Uh, let me say this again. Michael Douglas, his, he was recently in the news. I believe he has a son uh, that was uh, recently uh, sent to prison uh, for some things. Now, I don't know the details of that, so I won't go into that, but Michael Douglas is on the Viagra list. The well-known actor and former sex addict. <laughs> There's that word again, uh, that two-letter word, I mean, that two-syllable word, the three-syllable word, sex addict, um, has admitted to taking Viagra so he can keep up with his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, in the bedroom. Man, look, that's some shit I would have never admitted. We'd have just had to work that out. You know, I'm not going to ever admit I can't keep up with my wife. That's just crazy. That's just outright. Mm. But there you have it, family, some shocking stories. Um, like I told you, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, stick with us, family. We'll be right back. We're going to run some more uh, commercial breaks and songs up in here for you. Um, I've got some really, really, truly shocking stories about some healthcare professionals that, uh, you know, nothing in the world is worse than going to see a doctor and realizing that he's not a doctor at all, family. And this is real talk. Uh, so stick with us, and uh, we'll be right back.
www.tmrealestategroup.com where the superior marketing of your investment is our business. If you're an investor or owner of real estate in the greater Atlanta area, please do give us a call if you're in need of property management. We can be reached at 678-548-9466. Again, that's 678-548-9466. EOTM Real Estate Group has over 10 years experience in real estate, property management, mortgages, tax liens, and all aspects of real estate investment and real estate rental services. You can contact us also through our website at eotmrealestategroup.com. That's eotmrealestategroup.com. And remember, EOTM Real Estate Group provides superior marketing of your investment. Welcome back to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show family. We're talking about strange but true stories. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to put it out there. The people in New Zealand are making fun of us. They're saying that only in America can this type of shit happen. Yes, I said it. I put it out there. She said only in America can this type of stuff happen. I'm not even going to say I'm resentful of that. <laughs> I'm just going to look for some non-American stuff. But only in America, especially with the Viagra. Wow. What was the comment she put down there? Uh, most politicians don't have balls. <laughs> Funny. All right. Listen to this one, family. Now, this one's going to get you right here, too. All right? And these are things, again, that are going on in our communities. Okay? And they even have a picture of this bull sitting in this field. Where is the bull that was not able to breed because of a low libido? Now, this is a bull, a four-legged animal now, family, with horns, uh, each, you know, that grazes out in the pasture, the whole nine. This is, you know, this is a bull, animal. Where is the bull? that was not able to breed because of a low libido was saved from going to the slaughterhouse after farmer Dave Joyce came up with a novel way of boosting Boris's sex drive. <laughs> he gave the bull a herbal form of Viagra <laughs> with his food for a week and soon noticed the difference. <laughs> he just couldn't perform, and we just thought, uh, he's got to go. He was destined for the slaughterhouse, but as but he is such a nice bull, and we didn't really want to get rid of him, so we started looking into alternative solutions. Since the herbal treatment, we has never we have never seen him so rampant. <laughs> when the cows come out, he's the first in there. <laughs> now he is totally on the straight and narrow, and cows are back on the agenda. It means we don't have to turn him into burgers. He is on a rigid regimen of herb formula in his daily feed. What the hell? They are feeding a bull Viagra. Well, I guess that's better than send him to the slaughterhouse. I told you, family, these are, these are strange but true stories that are happening in our communities. And the sad thing about it is we don't know it. We don't know it. Here's another good money-making when we're talking about animals, family. Online dating for pets. That's right, for your pet. I didn't say for you or your loved ones, so for your pet. Um... Wow, this story. Online dating website eHarmony has said that they will now be providing an online dating service for pets <laughs> called eHarmony Pets. Owners of cats, dogs, and boa constrictors uh, can now put their pets 
on the service and try to find a match, whether for love or for compatibility. Now, there's a Dr. Neil Clark Warren, founder of The Voice of eHarmony, says, we found that like with humans, there are 99 dimensions of matchmaking among pets. For example, one of the compatibility, compatibility factors amongst dogs is how they, how they long, how long they sniff the butt of another dog when out on a walk. This is important. If they sniff for more than 20 seconds, then it could be an indicator of a possible addictive behavior, and that's important in creating an incompatible match. In this case, a perfect match would be a dog that likes to have its butt sniffed for more than 20 seconds at a time by the same dog. <laughs> Family, these are real stories. These are real stories. The online dating website uh, has de developed the service to be tailored uh, to each specific species, so they are all different. For example, cats have a laser light in the screen test to determine reflexes and its ability to focus or concentrate on one item for an extended period of time. Founder Warren has said, cats are a fun breed to match because of their character. Our motto for match, uh, catch, is nine lives and 99 dimensions. The company came up with the idea after having some of their members emailing them uh, asking them about matching their lonely pets too. <laughs> wow, isn't that something? Oh, man. All right, here's another good one, family. Um, two Brits in Dubai looking at some jail time for some uh, unauthorized activity in public. Um Oh, hold on a second. We've got a story coming up in the blog room. Shocking story. And his mental patient, also a transvestite, runs, runs not one but two hospitals um, before being caught and sent back to Germany. You know what, Jam Time? If you find that link, send it to me. We're going to put it out there. But let's keep it moving with the stories, family. These stories are true, and they are out there, and they're in the community. Welcome to the chat room, Will. I see you hanging, I see you hanging in there, brother. Will, 2010. Welcome to the chat room. Um, a British woman is facing jail for a peck on the cheek in, a, in Dubai this week. Charlotte Adams, by the way, Adams, Adams is my last name, no relation. And Amin uh, Najif have already been convicted of illegal drinking and indecency following a recent in incident in a, in a burger bar and are currently facing an appeals court before the sentence is carried out. Um, a local woman reported the couple to the police after she described uh, a passionate kissing and touching. A previous hearing found the pair guilty and sentenced them to a month's imprisonment and deport deportation on release. Wow. The United States needs to take a page out of this one. The couple are claiming that they, that they actually engaged in just a peck on the cheek and were just greeting each other by the standards that most British folks do in, in Britain. Um, and have adopted continental standards, uh, you know, over recent weeks. But, you know, what? here's the thing, family. I don't give a hell where you are. When you go to someone's country, you abide by their rules. Unless you have a passport in your pocket that says diplomatic immunity. Uh-uh. Can't do it. Can't see it. Don't want it. Amazing. Amazing. But the thing about that, family, is that their ass is going to jail for kissing in public, whether it's, on a kiss, whether it's a kiss on the cheek 
or not. And think about some of the things that go on in this country. Um, let's move it on, family. And I got some things going on with these doctors. And this is this is some of the most interesting stories that we're going to put out right here tonight. All right. Um, our country has an obsessive culture with celebrities, and we've gone beyond the usual matinee uh, when it comes to our celebrity pop stars, and even in some cases, some of those physicians and doctors that you see on TV that uh, are giving us uh, advice. Uh, you know, some of these folks are celebrity hairstylists, uh, event planners, and even uh, a celebrity dog trainer. Uh, and it's unbelievable how someone, how some notoriety uh, seems to boost their careers, but no one checks on their credentials. I'm going to say that again. Notoriety will boost their careers, but no one seems to check on their credentials, okay? Um, celebrity doctors are a puzzling and thought-provoking bunch is what, is what this report is saying because surely a real doctor doesn't go to school for a dozen years just so that he can sit down with Oprah and, um, and to have people say, oh, he is such and such and this and that. He has to have a legitimate background, right? And that's what we're all taught, right? All right, at the top of the list on this one, family, is Dr. Phil McGraw, the nation's most visible uh, proponent of getting real about problems. Now, Dr. Phil has a bachelor's degree in psychology. He has a master's degree in experimental psychology. And he also has a Ph.D. in clinical psychology. That makes him a doctor, does it not? Yes. But what Dr. Phil does not have is a license to practice those healing arts. Uh, Dr. Phil, whose last name is McGraw, uh, started in private practice, um, but after a few years, he became embroiled in a mini-scandal involving a young female employee he was, who was also his patient okay, who alleged that they had conducted an inappropriate relationship. Now, McGraw, or Dr. Phil, never admitted to any wrongdoing, but the Texas State Board of Examiners and Psychologists levied some serious penalties against the doctor, including court-ordered counseling. <laughs> he had to go to counseling, public letter of apology, <laughs> an ethics class, and soon after, uh, uh, Dr. Phil quit counseling altogether to start a firm uh, advising witnesses in litigation, okay? Now, he met Ofra when Ofra was in Texas uh, going through a lawsuit with the, uh, with the uh, Texas beef producers as they tried to sue her for some information that she put out there. That's where she met Dr. Phil from. And, and he began inv she began inviting him onto her show as a relationship and life strategy expert. Now, follow me through on this one, family, because this is, this is huge. Eventually, she helped him get his own show in 2002, and he never applied for a license in California. And in 2006, he retired his license uh, to practice in Texas as well. He gave up his license, family. He gave it up. Um, he has remained unlicensed ever since, despite conducting on-camera interventions and encouraging people to face their problems. He has always maintained that his business uh, to, is to entertain and not to provide any sort of therapy or counseling. Now, family, how many of y'all have seen Dr. Phil on television, giving people counseling, advice, and, and, and how to handle relationships, love, and, and so forth and so on? That's a crock of crap. I'm just going to put it out there, family. That's a crock. Um, you're either practicing or you're not. And the bottom line is this man has legitimately, in the eyes of the authorities, found a way to practice in his field um, despite having some serious 
ethical issues because one of the most sacred relationships that you can never cross in the field of psychology and counseling is to get involved with a patient. That is an absolute no-no. That is the number one reason why psychologists and counselors lose their jobs, lose their licenses, and lose their right to practice. Google it up and look it up. Put in your computer and your search engine reasons why psychologists lose their jobs. What actually, I'll put in there the top uh, the uh, top five complaints uh, lodged against psychologists and, and, uh, and people that work in the psychology field. And I, I promise you that two out of the five are going to be sexual of a sexual nature. Okay, that is a big no-no. But the thing that's huge to me about it, family, is that this man has found a way to skirt around and circumvent the system by simply putting in his entourage, his repertoire, that he is not offering uh, counseling service, but yet he's entertaining people. So he hides behind the label of entertainment, and this is what it's all about. This is why he came under fire uh, a few months ago uh, about his credentials, uh, you know, and, and that was a huge one, you know. Uh, family, think about it. I wish I could go and practice and see without, you know, registering and doing the right thing. But let's keep the list moving. Um, Here's a, I don't know, this one's a kind of a good one. Uh, you know, I don't know, I'm on the fence with this guy. Dr. Drew, although he's become synonymous with strung-out celebrities, Dr. Drew Pinsky is um, actually a highly qualified medical doctor, a board-certified internalist who specializes in treating addiction. Um, and he's certified by the American Board of Addiction Medicine. He became a part of the uh, pop culture uh, while still doing his residency. Um, this guy, you know, his credentials are intact, but I think that what they're trying to say with this gentleman is that um, while he is considered to be a board-certified internalist, internist, um, who specializes in treating addiction, that he's kind of operating outside of what uh, the scope of what his training actually is. Now, I don't know, family. That to me is touching. That's why I, you know, I read this guy's story. I was like, eh, I don't know. You know, but at the end of the day, Let's keep it moving. Dr. Laurel, Dr. Laurel Schlesinger, uh, has been advising callers on her radio show for about 30 years, making her one of the country's most popular talk show radio personalities, despite the fact that her doctorate is in a completely unrelated field. She earned a Ph.D. from Columbia University in 1974 in the field of uh, physiology. Physiology ain't got nothing to do with psychology, trust me. She has been hosting her own advice uh, show since the mid 1970s and in 1980, she received a license to practice marriage, family, and child counseling uh, in California. Um, and she's written a dozen, over a dozen books uh, about relationships. Now that's huge, family, because understand this: she has a PhD. She has a doctorate, but her PhD is in the field of uh, physiology, um, not psychology. But because she has a doctorate, um, she is allowed to uh, practice uh, in that field. And we got some family that's commenting in the, in the blog room, too. Uh, Jamtine said that she was Polish, uh, so I will – oh, she's still talking about the link that she's trying to find. Yeah, keep working on it. I mean, when you find it, let me know. I mean, I'll, start, I'll get some folks over here uh, in the studio to get cracking on it, too, as well, to try to find that link so we can put that story out there. Um, but let's keep moving, family, because I got one that everybody knows, Dr. Ruth. Where's Dr. Ruth? I mean, everybody knows Dr. Ruth. She's the sex doctor. She talks about sex like it's just no tomorrow. I mean, you know, <laughs> she's got all the facts down. Here we go, Dr. Ruth. Uh, and I've never known what I'm about to read about her. 
And and it's not to say that she, you know she she's on the lamb with it, but this is interesting. Dr. Ruth West West Westheimer Westheimer um, has made it her mission to empower and enlighten on the subject of sexuality. But her actual PhD is in the field of education. She's German born and she studied psychology um, at uh, the Sorbonne. And after moving to the United States, she received a master's degree in sociology uh, from the New School and her education uh, doctrine uh, from Columbia. In the early 1980s, Dr. Ruth was asked to present a show on local New York radio about sexuality and sexual health. Um, She has written and lectured on sexual satisfaction and reproductive health for over three decades. Um, she writes her own sex column, of course, we know that. Uh, it's called Ask Dr. Ruth. Yeah, we, we know that. And she's the author of over 35 books on sexual health, uh, promoting freer, franker discussion, uh, discussions on sexual issues and encouraging everyone to enjoy sex safely uh, regard, and regularly uh, with her trademark phrase, go get you some. <laughs> I didn't know that was her phrase. <laughs> go get some. <laughs> Go ahead on, Dr. Ruth. But the thing is, family, it was, it was, what I'm seeing is that, you know, I, I guess once you get a Ph.D., you can pretty much, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, there's a segment in here on Dr. Oz. Uh, but, you know, Dr. Oz is the other um, uh, Oprah Renfrey protege. Um, he is a board-certified doctor. And it also says in here that while he's performing on television or he does the shows that he does, he also still maintains a private practice where he does 250 cardiovascular and thoracic, uh, thoracic surgeries per year. That's a lot, especially to say that he's also working in private, I mean, working uh, on the air, and he's also vice chair professor of surgery at Columbia's uh, at Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons. Uh, but this guy's uh, whether his credentials. This, here's what they said about Dr. Oz: whether his credentials are impressive or inconsistent, uh, you should accept advice experts. Uh, dispensed on television only for its entertainment value. Uh, the same goes for advice dispensed over the Internet. If you have real medical or psychological issues that need to be addressed, see a doctor uh, in person and don't, uh, uh, you know, don't put it off. Wow, powerful stuff. But, you know, the thing I'm surprised about is Dr. Phil. Uh, wow, incredible. Incredible. Uh, what did you say, Jan? Jan- Oh, she found the story. Okay, well, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break, family, um, because Jantown has a story that she wants us to put out there. Um, she's, uh, she's in the blog room. And for all you entrepreneurs out there that want to call in, uh, you know, the number is 718-664-6543. Or if you just want to call in and chop it up with Don Adams on the Don EOTM Adams Show, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, tonight we're talking about strange but true stories. Uh, that are out there, you know, that's happening in our communities, uh, things that go on that we don't know about, family, things that we have no clue about, things that if no one else ever mentioned, we would never know about. That's the purpose of tonight's show, family. Stick with us. We'll be right back. And I'm going to do some research up in here, and we're going to see if Jantine's story comes, uh, comes through for us, and we'll have another shocking story for you, family. Stick with us. <laughs> I'm so 
to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show, and we're talking about strange but true stories that are happening in our communities, family. Um, I don't even care to go back over all of them, uh, but, you know, we have our family in the New Zealand area. That's right, I said New Zealand area, We and shouts out to you, of course, and also our family that's listening in the U.K. That's right, the U.K., we're missing you tonight, too. 
Um, but, uh, you know, shouts out to both of the U.K. and the New Zealand family. But uh, our family in the New Zealand uh, area sent a story in in the blog room uh, that we're trying to locate. Uh, and we're still going to be working on the jam time. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to keep it moving. And I've got another uh, true but strange story, family, that I want to share with you. And uh, this one ought to make your hair curl back. Uh, it's definitely made mine curl. Actually, here, here are two strange but true stories. Um, wow, how could this happen? Um, let's go with this first one. A dead body was mistaken by neighbors as a Halloween display. Y'all not clapping? The body of an old man was left on a balcony in Los Angeles uh, for nearly a week as neighbors thought it looked like a Halloween display. Um, authorities were eventually called to the scene where they found uh, Mustafa Muhammad Zaid, 78, slumped in a chair with a single gunshot wound to his head. Neighbors of the man said they failed to call police because the body looked like a Halloween dummy. Uh, Austin uh, Raisenbrook, who was at the, um, hold on a second, family. I can get this name right, but it's amazing to me. Austin Raisenbrook, who was at the apartment in the Marina uh, Del Rey district of L.A. when authorities were called, stated the body was in plain view of the entire apartment complex, and they all didn't do anything. It's very strange. It did look real, unreal, to be honest. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department has interviewed the neighbors, all neighbors and are treating this death as a suicide. Hmm. A suicide with a gunshot wound and no one... Now, see, you know, here's the thing with that. It's, it's amazing to me that, you know, a gunshot can go off and in the middle of a neighborhood in an apartment complex and um, it's just, you know, business as usual in the neighborhood. That's the piece that's got me rolling. Uh, but, you know, Halloween decorations? Oh, my goodness. All right, family, here's one. A drunk couple uh, make boy their designated driver, okay? And we're not picking on California by any means. Uh, we're not doing that, uh, you know. But this is another story out of California. <laughs> People in California, a California couple has been arrested for child endangerment and contributing to the delinquency of a minor after they let their 13-year-old boy drive them home after they got drunk at a family restaurant. Police officers found their underage driver after investigating why the vehicle was parked in the middle of the road uh, in San Anselmo. Police Sergeant Rod Snyder said the boy got behind the wheel of the Land Rover <laughs> and after a short drive became frustrated and he stopped the car. <laughs> he said, the hell with this, I ain't moving it. <laughs> Uh, his mom, who's 32, and her boyfriend, uh, whose who's name is Sean Raphael, have both uh, have both had convictions for drunk driving. It was later revealed by the police, um, and uh, his mom has been charged with endangerment and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. While her uh, boyfriend was also arrested, but he was not charged. Um, <laughs> they got a 13-year-old driver. You know, you know. I tell you something. I, you know, I, I don't know if there weren't any taxis in that area, but yeah, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them credit for one thing, and that's that they did take the time to say, "Hey, look, I can't drive. I need somebody to drive." Um, in world news today, 
you know, and here's something that's interesting, too, is that they're saying uh, this one is all over the place. This one is in the entertainment section. This one is in the health section. This one is in the world news section, and it's in the USA news section, and this must be a big story. And this one's more or less on a, on a more serious note, but I'm going to put it out there anyway, family. Um, Shocking Times is released. And by the way, family, all these stories are coming from the uh, Shocking Times, um, uh, which is, a, I guess, an online uh, 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 online. Uh, 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 newspaper, so to speak. Uh, a recent increase in sexually transmitted disease and infection, STDs, in senior citizens is thought to be because of an increase in the number of older people now using online dating sites. Now, this is huge. Increase in sexually transmitted diseases and infections in senior citizens. Um, Many older people are now using the dating websites uh, more than before because of midlife divorces. They are entering into relationships unaware of the consequences. Some of the blame is issued at the development of drugs to combat sexual dysfunction. You know, we talked about Viagra earlier in the show, did we not? Uh, and a lack of education among the older generation. These people grew up in a time when there weren't really many STDs, and the worst that could happen uh, through having unprotected sex, was that they would become pregnant. However, due to their age, pregnancy is no longer a concern. Um, so they don't think that there is a need for uh, the use of protection. Adding to that, many people, many old people uh, won't talk to their doctors about sexual activity because they feel uncomfortable and uh, therefore are not aware of the new risks that are out there. Uh, increased use of date, online dating websites um, also means that rather than just sticking to one partner, they're meeting more thus as in young people uh, causing an increase in STDs with multiple partners. Unfortunately, they are less likely to be tested for and disease. Wow, that was huge, family, huge. Strange but true um, is that the older we're getting, we're finding that, you know, our seniors, and in, and in this particular article, it's humorous to me because, you know, they're not, they're not just – They've got an old man sitting here with an old lady, and they look like Ma and Paul, Grandpa Kettle. And the old guy has got a cane sitting there next to him, and Grandma's got her legs crossed like she's knitting. And the old guy is sitting out here, you know, looks like he's barely walking. And, um, you know, they're sitting there like, hey, you know, just enjoying the day, which is what we typically, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I don't remember my grandmother, you know, ever being, you know, my granddaddy, you know, so to speak. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, I guess the older we get, you know, the more active we get. Um, here's one. Motorcyclist was caught by a speed camera doing 383 miles an hour. Wow. A 26-year-old Italian motorcyclist is appealing losing his driver's license after speed cameras clocked him speeding at an impossible 383 miles per hour. Wow, this guy claims that the speed camera was defective and that he should not have been banned. They banned him. They didn't just remove his license. They banned his ass. So you are not to drive anything, horses, mules, carriages, on our streets ever. Um, he claims that the camera was defective and he should not be banned. Uh, he was also fined approximately in the euros, uh, $200 for speeding. It's euro, 200 euro dollars, which I'm assuming euro and euro dollars, that's a lot of money. Talking about the incident, uh, this guy says, if I could go that fast, I'd enter my bike in a MotoGP World Championship. Valentino uh, Russo uh, would not stand a chance. 
what did he think they were clocking, a jet fighter? Uh, adding that if the court rules the fine will stand, then I'm going to send it to the Guinness Book of Records. After all, if the court says that it's true, then I should get the credit for this remarkable feat. <laughs> the police have stated that the speed camera was not at fault, but suspect that it was an error by staff on uh, this guy's paperwork. Uh, the court has yet to decide on the case. So they say he wasn't actually going 383 miles an hour. I mean, you know, I ride a bike, family, and I'm going to tell you right now, if I, when I get out there and I just tap 95 and 100, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty stout fella, and I'm struggling to hold on to the bars. 383 miles an hour? I don't think so. His ass would have disintegrated at the end of the day. But, yeah, family, we're talking about shocking but true stories um, that are happening uh, out in our communities, um, you know, it's uh it's outrageous. All right? Here's one that I really think was uh here's one that I really think was kinda out there a little bit, family, so we're gonna put it out there anyway since it's here. A jogger on a beach was killed by an airplane. I I heard about this before I read it. A thirty year old man has died after being struck by a plane whilst he was jogging on a beach in South Carolina. The plane, which was attempting an emergency landing, uh after it had lost its propeller, hit Mr. Robert Gray who was listening to his iPod at the time and did not hear the aircraft behind him. Uh, Buford County Coroner Ed Allen says uh, Robert Gary Jones, 38 of Woodstock, apparently did not hear the troubled plane that struck him from behind on Hilton Beach, Hilton Head Island Beach, as a matter of fact. How many of us have gone, have gone down to Hilton Head and had a good time? Um, and and uh, the plane had lost its propeller, and Mr. Gray was on Hilton Head for work but was supposed to fly home on Wednesday uh, for his daughter's third birthday, um, he was often out of town for his job with uh, uh, pharmace- with the pharmaceutical company. Wow, that was interesting. Um, strange but true stories, family. How is it that you can be walking along the beach, minding your own business, and uh, you know here comes an aircraft that's in trouble, and uh, before you know it, it's a wrap. Next thing you know, you're eating sand and counting sheep on your way to heaven. That's amazing. But family, we're talking about strange but true stories that have happened uh, in the communities on the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. And again, that number to call in if you want to shout out your businesses, 718-664-6543. And also, family, don't forget, too, that we are advertising on the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Um, You know, uh, give our, our producers an email at www.eotmradio.com, or you can go to www.queensofinternetradio and um, contact Carla Barnes. Uh, She's our producer here in the Atlanta area, and she will be more than happy to submit uh, uh, some of our uh, information packages to you so that we can uh, get you some airtime on here. Um, You know how it works. In the meantime, family, stick with us. We'll be right back with more strange stories. Jazz time, don't worry. I'm gonna be right. I'm getting right back to you over there. I see you in the blog room. Um, I know you want to find that story, and I'm gonna help you find it. Um, I'm gonna get some additional help in here too, so we can look that story up. Because that sounds like a very interesting story, family. She's uh, one of our listeners in the New Zealand area, and she pulled up some very interesting stuff in the blog room for us. We're gonna try to locate it. But stick with us, family. We'll be right back. You listen to the Don Adams Jr. Show, and tonight, family, we're talking about strange but true stories. Did you know? I hope you all caught that piece about Dr. Phil, because I know right about now he's looking for somebody to love him.
Welcome back, family, to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. We're talking about strange but true stories, family, strange but true stories. And I have to be honest and admit 
that the strangest story that I read on here tonight was the American woman pregnant with her grandfather's baby. And it's not as if she didn't know this was her grandfather. And it's not as if, wow, that was that, that was probably the hardest one. But I've got one more family, and then we're going to move on to some more shocking information about the most dangerous jobs that are out there. That's right. We're going to talk about the most dangerous jobs that are out there. And I promise you, you're going to be very shocked to find out what the most dangerous job in America, in the world is, hands down, in the world. Okay? You're going to be shocked. But here's one. A teenager was hit by a car after flashing her breast. So much for those folks down at spring break. Um, a drunken New Zealander. <laughs> Jam time, I know you're listening. I know you're in New Zealand. That's our New Zealand family. My found one for you, though. <laughs> a drunken New Zealand teenager uh, will have woken up with more than a hangover due to deal with. Um, I'm not going to read her name. She's 18. She uh, was dared by her friends to flash her breasts at passing cars after a night out drinking. She exposed herself to a couple of cars while standing on a strip in the middle of the road. However, the joke went wrong when a car she was flashing uh, at came towards her after being distracted by her press. Uh, must have been some nice press. The teenager decided to run out to run uh, but got hit by it. Luckily, uh, she rolled across the, the uh, bonnet of the car. I'm assuming that's the front of the car. Uh, and cracked the windshield, only suffered, suffering a couple of cuts and bruises. The teenager appeared in court. <laughs> she appeared in court this week and was convicted of disorderly conduct and firing for the exploits, which uh, took place in September. I'm not going to read her name. She has, been le- she has since learned her lesson and had a warning for other people considering flashing car drivers. <laughs> don't be me. <laughs> don't be stupid. And don't get drunk and stay on the middle of the road and flashing one because it hurts when you get hit. Now, I wonder if she would have had uh, an unattractive set of breasts, would this all have taken place? You know, that's almost like uh, the story of the Cobb County officer here in the Atlanta, Georgia area who uh, died on a boating accident. Uh, he was out with his friend and another female. And as it turns out, now the two other officers, they're all officers, and the other two officers, male and female, were on the boat with this guy, um, you know, they ended up giving false report and information to the police the investigating authority because those two, the surviving two on the boat, were both married to other people and out cheating on the boat. And this guy dies uh, accidentally. He falls overboard and he, he passed, you know, he died. He was, you know, obviously they were drinking at some point, but he, he fell over the boat and died. And all of this comes out in the whitewash that, okay, we're going to jail now. Rather than just tell the truth, and say, hey, look, you know, uh, she doesn't belong here. You know, I'm messing around with her, but this is what happened. They waited for an hour before they called the police and then lied about, you know, who was on the boat because he got, I guess he let his sweetheart go home and said, hey, I'll clean this up. But it came out later that she was on the boat. So now they're both in jail. Uh, their friend is dead, and I'm pretty sure they're going to end up in divorce court at some point. Wow. Strange but true, family. Strange but true. All right. Here's a favorite of mine. Um, you know, the most dangerous jobs that are out there, okay? Um, you know, a lot of times we, we, we don't think, uh, uh, we don't uh, consider uh, those dangerous factors, uh, those danger factors that go with uh, certain jobs that are out there. But, family, let me tell you, this I saved this segment for last because I think this is very important because, you know, a lot of times we have teenagers that are going, getting out of school, and their first thought is, I want to get a job, I want to get a job. And we take for granted some of the simplest jobs, and we think that it's going to be okay. But I want to put this out there for you, family, so you'll know. Listen, the simplest job sometimes can be the most dangerous job. 
Um, number 20 on this list is security guard. Think about that, security guard, okay? Security, being a security guard is the 20th most dangerous job in America or in the world, okay? And they tell you some, re- some of the reasons why. Recent tragedy, Stephen T. Jones is a security guard at the Holocaust Museum. Oh, that's right. This guy was a security guard at the Holocaust Museum, and the white guy came in, 88-year-old white supremacist, walked in uh, and started spraying bullets with his 22 caliber rifle. Jones was a six-year veteran of the museum, died at a local hospital. Never take your, your guard face and security uh, people for granted. Um, William Parsons, the chief of staff of the museum, told CNN uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to do to protect the people in the museum. But this guy died, security officer. Wow, amazing. Uh, number 20, man, animal slaughterers. <laughs> uh, fatalities, uh, two per 100,000 workers. Oh, let me give you some statistics on the, on the fatalities for the security officers, too. Fatalities for security guards in the United States are eight per 100,000 workers. Reported injuries, four per 100,000 workers. And the salary is about $26,000 a year, and that's good for security, $26,000 a year. Um, next on the list at number 19 is animal slaughterers. Fatalities, two per 100,000 workers. Uh, reported injuries, one per 100,000 workers. And family, believe me when I tell you this, 100,000 uh, workers uh, it's not a large number when you're talking about the volume of people who work in this particular field or in any field. Um, salary for these guys is $27,000 a year. Uh, here's a recent tragedy. While working deaths uh, at animal slaughterhouses are comparatively low, reported injuries can be severe and may go unreported according to activists. At least 24 workers at, at, a Minnesota, Indi- at, at Minnesota, India, Indiana, and Nebraska slaughterhouses uh, develop complex neurological problems from inhaling bits of pig brain, okay, from inhaling bits of pig brain, okay, huge, huge, how in the hell, I didn't even know this was going on, uh, researchers found in 2008, one slaughterhouse employee told Human Rights Watch, uh, the Watch Group, I think I have an allergic reaction to hogs, but I'm afraid to say anything about this because I'm afraid they will fire me, wow. Let's keep this list moving, family. Uh, this one shouldn't be a big surprise. Construction equipment worker. Um, 16 per 100,000 are injured in this particular job. Construction uh, work, And they average about $43,000 a year. Recent tragedies on a cold day last December, two bulldozer operators working in the U.S. Army of Corps in uh, DeSoto, Corps of Engineers in DeSoto County, uh, Alabama, were clearing debris from a cold water river when the ground gave way and the bulldozer flipped into the water, and the men were trapped inside. Days passed until their bodies were found. Some people doing hunting called the sheriff's department and saw what appeared to be the bulldozer in the water and tracks leading to where it turned over. Wow. Amazing. Hmm. Number 17, family, truck driver. And I'm a CDL driver holder. 22, uh, 22 uh, injuries, fatalities per 100,000. Uh, and the average salary for a truck driver, according to what they're saying, is about $37,000 a year. Uh, a horrific accident on Interstate 95 in Connecticut last month killed an 18-wheeler truck driver hauling stage equipment for a Carrie Underwood concert. The driver lost control and his truck scraped the uh, quadruple, opening a gash in the fuel tank that set the truck's cabin on fire. 
Wow. Talk about it. Hmm. Yeah, and I agree with that. When truck driving can be dangerous. Taxi and limo drivers, fatalities 21 per 100,000 uh, workers. They average about $25,000 a year. Taxi and limousine drivers. Cab drivers in the big city interact with hundreds of people every day, so they're bound to run into troublemakers. Case in point, last August in the Bronx heat, two cab drivers were killed within the span of a week. First driver was an African guy by the name of Amadua, uh, was shot in his chest. And then there was another uh, guy by the name of uh, Jose Seguera, uh, was shot in the back of the head by a passenger uh, in Mott Haven. Uh, I'm assuming the motive was robbery, family. But these are things that happen in our community. Number 15 of the most dangerous jobs out there, cement manufacturers. Now, this one was a surprise to me. Cement manufacturers, fatalities, 13 per 100,000. I learned something new on this one, and they average about $40,000 a year. Recent tragedy. Um, wow, Holcomb and Company. Holcomb and Company, uh, well, I guess is one of the major producers of cement, spent nearly $1 billion to build a cement plant in Missouri, which opened last year, but it took less than a year for the plant, which produces 4 million metric tons of semen yearly to have its first fatal accident. In April, a subcontractor uh, fell off a scaffolding holding and died in the emergency room of a local hospital. We wish to express our sympathy to our colleague's family and the main friends he had on his, on his project, and the many friends he had on his project. Amazing. Cement manufacturers. I didn't know that that job was even that dangerous. The pig brains got me. Oil and gas drilling. Of course, that's no big surprise. But you know what surprised me about the oil and gas driller is that the salaries for these guys is $37,000. Now, I thought those guys that worked on the oil, oil drilling platforms made more money than that. I mean, look at all the money that we're paying for oil. I mean, for paying for the price of gas. I mean, it's oh, ridiculous. Um, Recent tragedy, reported injuries on the oil and gas rigs are rare, but when they happen, they often do. Last week, just last week, William Ryan Locke, a worker at a rig in West Texas owned by Robinson Drilling, fell from a ladder to his death. A nearby pipe burst, sending 3,000 pounds of water pressure and Locke careening to the ground. God bless. Amazing. Wow. All right. Number four, 13, firefighter. That's no, that's no big surprise. But, you know, firefighters are saying make about $45,000 a year. Uh, number 12, police officer. I used to be a cop myself. Dirty job. But, yes, it's very dangerous as well. Um, dirty job. All right. Number 11, a power line installer for the electric company. Um, 30 of those guys per 100,000 uh, get hurt, get injured, fatalities. Um, recent tragedy. Oh, wow. Ronald Norris, 34-year-old utility worker in Virginia with two years of experience uh, when a work accident April ended his life just days before Thanksgiving uh, last year. He was climbing a 300-foot pole to an animal-proof uh, animal transformer when he was electrocuted and thrown from his perch. Wow, amazing, people. All right, number 10 is a miller. For those who don't know, millers are those folks that chop up wood and grind up, you know, chippings and make those little fine uh, chips that you like to put out on your yard to look good on your, uh, to look good out in front of your house. Miller chippers. Wow, that's a dangerous job. It's number 10 on the list. I didn't know that. Um, and they say that 12 out of uh, 12 per 100,000 of them end up injured or in fatalities. All right? Let's cruise on through the list. All right, let's go with number 9, which is a merchant marine. Mar 